If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. How to sleep better when you carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress with your career in entertainment and the arts? Well, this is the podcast that will change your life. Each week, we'll share strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. Hi, I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is more, better, faster. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to all of you out there. I am very thrilled to be here again for another episode. And uh, this episode came from a suggestion uh, from a good friend whose fiance is uh, an empath. And she carries a lot of stress, uh, both her own and her other's her friends and colleagues and students and those kinds of things. And she suffers from a lot of insomnia. And uh, since she expressed some uh, concern about that, he thought maybe I would have some thoughts on the subject. So I did a little research. Now, I want to just start off by uh, with a disclaimer. I am not a healthcare professional. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I am not even a... Uh, necessarily a good example of, uh, of positive sleep study, uh, sleep patterns and habits. Uh, but I, you know, as, as someone who has occasionally suffered from uh, sleeplessness and insomnia, I, uh, I found it interesting enough to talk about this topic. So I thought I would share some thoughts on this. I did a little digging and, um, uh, you know, the first thing I want to say is if you do suffer from insomnia and it's a problem, not just the occasional you know, sleepless night, but uh, many of them in a given week and that kind of thing, it is worth talking to a doctor and getting some uh, you know, advice and making sure there's not something else going on. So what is the problem? <clears throat> well, the problem is that poor sleep can have really negative effects on your physical body, your brain, your psychological outlook. It can affect learning, memory, mood, emotions. It can affect your biological functions. It can cause weight gain or weight loss. It can cause uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, follow on things. It can, it can cause, uh, heart problems, um, stress reactions, all kinds of things. Now, insomnia is a disorder that's characterized by an inability to sleep or a total lack of sleep. Now it is a fairly common disorder. It, it occurs in about 10 to 15% of the general population, uh, increased rates seen among older people, um, more among women, uh, more among the white population, and um, very common when there is the presence of medical or psychiatric uh, kinds of illness. Some of the causes of insomnia, anxiety, stress, and depression, these are the most common uh, causes of chronic insomnia. Difficulty sleeping <clears throat> can also make anxiety, stress, and depression symptoms worse. Other common emotional and psychological causes, things like anger, worry, grief, if you have bipolar disorder, things like that, if you've suffered trauma, uh, all of those things can be causes of insomnia. Now, I was talking to my wife, who is uh, herself a uh, uh, a uh, spiritual psychology and nutrition expert of sorts, <laughs> and uh, she 
reminded me that there is a theory out there that insomnia is really caused by sort of unfinished business of the day or maybe even of the long term. Uh, you could have you know unfinished business with a loved one who is now deceased or something like that, and that could be the kind of thing that keeps you awake at night also. And I was just doing a little digging. I, there's a study actually that shows that Thinking about the past, dwelling on what's happened in the past, tends to uh, make uh, sleeplessness more common and and, and uh, worse than uh, forward-looking kinds of things. And the, the study basically involved uh, two groups of people keeping diaries. One was their to-do list of things to do for the next days and weeks, and the other was the people uh, keeping lists of the things they had already accomplished and completed. And the study showed that a fairly significant, statistically uh, speaking, uh, significant uh, group, the the to-do list folks, the ones who were thinking forward, had a tendency to sleep better than the ones that were dwelling on or, or focusing their energy on the things that had happened already for them. Even if they were positive accomplishments, that uh, seems to be the thing. So uh, mulling over your day's activities maybe is not something you want to do with your last hours uh, at night before you sleep. Maybe it's better to be thinking forward at that time and, and perhaps just flip the switch and get up in the morning and, and congratulate yourself on what you did yesterday and, uh, and then go to that to-do list that you've, ca- that you've created the night before and uh, it'll get you productive and get, get you started on things. So that's an interesting approach. Now, there are different uh, kinds of insomnia, different flavors, I guess you could say, different types of insomnia. Uh, acute insomnia is uh, where you have a brief episode of difficulty sleeping for you know, several nights or, or uh, a, you know, a period of time. Chronic insomnia is where that pattern of difficulty sleeping goes on over the long term. <clears throat> Comorbid insomnia is the form that occurs when there's some other condition going along with it. So you're you're dealing with um, uh, an illness or a disorder of some sort, or maybe it's just you know pain. Maybe you've just got a bad back or something, and the pain keeps you awake at night. That would be considered comorbid insomnia. There's onset insomnia, which is difficulty falling asleep at the beginning of the night. And then there's maintenance insomnia, which is the inability to stay asleep during the night, through the night. <clears throat> so those are the sort of categories of, of uh, insomnia that you might encounter if you're doing a little digging on this. Now, um, <clears throat> some of the potential treatments for insomnia are, uh, are pretty interesting. Uh, you know, the obvious ones, you know, chemical stuff I'm going to talk about. But uh, there's, a, there's a theory, or not a theory, a treatment involving light therapy that uh, involves the shining of various brightnesses and colors of light. and um, uh, <clears throat> that can help you fall asleep if the if the light frequencies the temperature of the light is uh, is suited to that and you know we we know that there are um, we have a circadian rhythm that is triggered by the sun a lot of uh, studies show that the circadian rhythm is affected by the sun so uh, people who work at night and and uh, try to sleep during the day really need to black out the room so that they are not exposed to sunlight and so the color of light and the intensity of light that you're hit with can affect you. I myself have noticed that when I'm sitting here in my studio late at night with my daylight balanced soft lighting on, uh, I tend to have a rough night sleeping after that because I have not given my body time to adjust to the fact that it's nighttime. So artificial light can be a factor. We know that 
folks that uh, use their cell phones or tablets in bed at night have a hard time. Some have a hard time sleeping again because the bluishness of the light coming off of those LCD screens uh, <clears throat> can be uh, detrimental to our ability to fall asleep. The, the body is triggered by sunlight to stop producing the natural melatonin that occurs in our systems. And melatonin is the, is the uh, uh, chemical that uh, essentially gets us into the sleep response mode. So be thoughtful about the kind of light that you're exposing yourself to. And um, some people wear sort of amber-colored glasses for the last few hours of their night. Some people, you know, try to dim the light. You know, um, having candlelight for the last hour or two before bedtime might be a good approach to do things too. Other uh, treatments involve, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, good old-fashioned psychology, talk therapy. You can get, you know, anxiety and stress under control as well as other things. And uh, that is a... Um, an approach. The cognitive behavioral therapy might also involve, um, um, you know, exploration of your, your routines and things like that. And then, uh, hypnosis might be a useful tool as well. Um, going and seeing a a hypnotist or, uh, getting some self hypnosis, uh, uh, app on your mobile device or something like that. Something that you can listen to and help you get into, the uh, the uh, somnolent state in the uh, in the late evening that might help you fall asleep and stay there might uh, train your brain essentially. So here's a few more tips <clears throat> on this. Um, first of all, uh, sometimes you just need to set some boundaries for your psychic investment. You know, protect yourself basically. Uh, don't uh, you don't have to choose to take on everybody's stuff. Now, of course, you know if somebody like like uh, my friend's fiance that was talking about this is um, suffering from insomnia uh, because they're an empath. Uh, you know, that is a natural inclination to take on people's stuff. And I think that someone like that really needs to develop some tools to set those boundaries. Um, you know, it is a wonderful trait to be empathic, but it is also uh, uh, harmful in some instances, as we're seeing from this conversation. So uh, learning how to set some boundaries, get some distance from the people who are going to pull at you and, and have that negative toll and, and carries it around. And also, you know, being an empath doesn't mean just carrying around other people's uh, negative or sadness or, you know, those kinds of emotions. It's possible to have empathy in a way that you also, uh, you know, resonate with people's excitement and energetic positivity. And so... Uh, try to balance that out, I think, is a good idea. Um, stick to a sleep schedule. Routines are good, generally. Keep your bedtime and wake time consistent from day to day, even the weekends. Don't, don't um, you know, fall into the habit of sleeping in when, you're, when you've had a, a very rough night the night before. Get up at a regular time every single day and try to go to bed at a regular time every single day, even if it means laying in bed and not sleeping. You know, you'll, you can... You can practice some of the other things that I'm going to talk about in that sleepless period. Stay active during the day. Get your exercise. Keep your body moving. But also, um, you know, think about the timing. Some some people do very well exercising late in the day. Other people need to do it first thing in the morning. But work the body and um, and use some of the energy so it's not there in the residue, in residual energy at the end of the day. Check your medications. If you're taking medicines, make sure that they are not... Um, 
having a negative impact on your sleep, that they're that you're taking them at the right time of day to balance things. And if you do have to take a medicine that's likely to stimulate your body, um, you know, um, be sure you take it far enough in advance of bedtime that some of that effect has an opportunity to wear down. Uh, don't take naps. Uh, even if you've been up all night the night before, a nap will uh, disrupt the cycle and the pattern and uh, make it harder. And that becomes a sort of vicious cycle. Uh, caffeine and alcohol and nicotine. Um, basically, all of these things can have an impact on your body system. So you want to avoid or limit those as much as you can. And certainly, caffeine uh, late in the day will keep you up. It's That's a known <laughs> fact of that, right? Uh, if you're experiencing pain, do what you can to avoid it and get get free from it. Um, get treatment for it if you can. Um, and uh, do your stretching and exercise and those kinds of things to avoid as much of the pain. Because pain is a thing that will keep you awake, that comorbid uh, insomnia that we were talking about. Uh, large meals and beverages shortly before bed will also disrupt your sleep. Uh, heartburn could be one of those reasons, and and um, but it could also just be that while your body is busy digesting, you're you're it's not quite ready to sleep yet. So uh, think think about uh, limiting that and and keep your your bigger meals earlier in the day. <clears throat> Other possible solutions for insomnia: uh, meditation is a wonderful uh, strategy. Uh, it, it's a way of of uh, finding some stillness and calmness and, uh, and, and dismissing negativity and, uh, and those things that the thoughts that might be keeping you awake, relaxation exercises, bathing, take a bath, a nice warm bath and calming, uh, soothing experience like that. Um, massage is a great, uh, strategy. If you can get a massage from time to time, from somebody close at home right, right now while we're stuck in this uh, coronavirus situation. Um, a stillness exercise. Now, this is an interesting one that I've read about, and I haven't tried it myself very much. Actually, years ago I tried something, and it worked. Um, and that is to go as still as possible so that the only movement in your body, uh, other than the heart beating and the blood moving through, is the breathing, Right. And the chest rising and falling as you breathe should be the only movement. You sort of lock yourself down into that position, um, you know, a, a relaxed, uh, calming position, and just <coughs> focus on staying still and uh, stillness of the mind as well. This is meditation, right? Uh, and then there's another approach that, that I have used and found it pretty effective. Um, when you are tense, doing a zone-by-zone focus, contract, and release um, exercise where you lay down and you think through um, your body. You know, start at the toes or start at the top of the head and imagine contracting the muscles and getting it really, really tight and tense and then relaxing it and letting that relaxation move through that part of the body and, and continue doing that all the way down your body or, or up your body, whichever you prefer, uh, until you have contracted, focused, contracted, and released every bit of tension in every little, you know, cell of your body, essentially. And that can really get you to a place of relaxation and sleep. Uh, breathing exercises. Um, I think this is uh, underrated and, uh, and an important thing to do just to sit or lay quietly and breathe, focus on your breathing. This is also a meditation practice. Uh, it's also a yoga kind of a practice and yoga might be a great 
uh, tool for uh, this as well. But this, the breathing pattern that I'm going to recommend for relaxation and rest is the four, seven, eight breathing pattern. Just, uh, uh, breathe in for four, four beats, four counts, hold for seven and then release for eight and repeat that a few times. It's nice and slow and easy. It doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be a challenge. You know, to make make those seven beats of holding it comfortable beats so that it isn't a long period of time. But breathe in fast, hold, and exhale slowly. And then repeat that a few times. It can be very, very soothing and calming. Another strategy is a um, uh, equal matching, three, three, three. You know, breathe in for three, hold for three, release for three, and repeat. Um, and, uh, you know, breathing experts, I actually have a, a friend and colleague who is, uh, a, a, a yogi who, who focuses on breathing and, uh, I'll probably have him on as a guest soon. I think it'd be an interesting conversation. So, uh, well, but he, he tells me that there are different, uh, uses for different breathing patterns and, uh, just, but slowing down and calming the breathing can be a good, a good stretch, good exercise. Uh, some dismissal exercises you can use for insomnia, um, one of them that I like is the journal and drop exercise where you sit literally just have your, your journal or your diary that you write down the things that you are stressed or anxious about, write them down, consider them for a moment, and then agree with yourself that by writing it, you now have permission to let it go. And keeping that journal and releasing those things that way can be very, very uh, liberating. Um, a more profound approach, if you have persistent, well, any anxieties or stresses that you carry around with you, uh, or unfinished business, especially the kind that you just can't finish because somebody may have passed or left your life or something like that, is to write it down on a piece of paper or a card or something like that. Write down your thoughts, your messages, whatever you want to say or or, or do with that person and um, and that, and then have a ritual where you take those things that you've written down and you burn them. And you submit them to the universe. You complete them by releasing and burning that note. That's a a great uh, ritual to undertake. Physical exertion can be a great way to... uh, to uh, adjust your your sleep patterns, um, as I said earlier, you got to be careful about the time of day. Uh, but aerobic exercise can be great. Uh, get your body moving, get your you know your blood flowing in the air, moving, and um, sort of recharge your body that way. Do that uh, earlier in the day and let your body recover from that. Yoga can be great, and let's not forget sex. <laughs> uh, there are chemical solutions as well. Um, and, and by chemical, I don't necessarily mean drugs, but just things that you can do that involve, um, uh, outside, uh, substances, things like incense and aromatherapy. You might have to do a little, uh, exploration. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a into incense and aromatherapy myself, but I, I do know that you, some people get a lot out of that. So maybe having that and making a little ritual about that, that is a before bedtime thing that you do that will help you sleep. Uh, melatonin is a common supplement that people talk about and use for um, uh, for uh, sleep aid, I guess you could say. But it does have some side effects, and um, some people find that they have strange dreams or um, or other things that just you know make it 
less desirable. Also, you've got to be careful about the dosing. You've got to get it right. You take too much, you have more of those side effects and, and you may not sleep as well. Um, if you don't take enough, it may not have any therapeutic value at all. Also, um, it isn't a good idea to be taking a supplement like melatonin or really any, any supplement for over the long term because it can have a reduced effect on you and it can reduce your body's ability to produce uh, melatonin and serotonin and the other uh, chemicals inside the body. Uh, naturally, if you make it possible and easy for your body to get melatonin because you're taking it as a supplement, the body's ability to create that is just going to slow down or shut down. And um, we don't want that. So uh, as an occasional uh, sleep aid, I think the melatonin is probably okay. Talk to your doctor, talk to your psychologist and, and talk to your pharmacist or your, or your um, experts about this kind of stuff. There are a bunch of over the counter sleep aids that you can take things like antihistamines, um, you know, uh, Nitol is really uh, diphenhydramine, I believe it is. That's uh, um, Benadryl. Uh, you can take those. They also have side effects and are not a good idea to take for the long haul. But again, on a night when you just need to get to sleep, that can be the kind of thing that helps. Uh, also, they have side effects like a hangover effect. You know, sometimes you take a, a medicine for that to help you get to sleep. And then in the morning, not so much. <laughs> you have a hard time waking up or something like that. So be careful about dosing there. And then there, of course, are the prescription medications, uh, which also have their side effects. Some of them may be habit-forming and addictive, so you've got to be very careful about that. Um, a couple other ideas. Uh, there are some herbal supplements um, that you might think about. Uh, valerian root is an herb that's native to Asia and Europe, and it is, I'm told, uh, um, sim similar in its effect on the body to Valium in large quantities. And I guess Valerian and Valium have the same Val, uh, or I don't know where that comes from. Uh, but that might be something to look at. And I, I believe it's, it's consumed as a tea. And so just, you know, again, don't, don't use too much. Uh, magnesium supplementation might be something that helps, especially if you have that restless leg kind of thing, or you just, you know, restlessness, magnesium can often help with that. Lavender, um, either ingested or even just as a, a, an aromatherapy kind of thing. Passion flower is another supplement that people talk about and glycine. So those are my thoughts on, on, uh, uh, insomnia and, uh, you know, carrying the weight of the world. First of all, you've got to be able to just let go of that stuff that is keeping you uh, agitated and anxious and, uh, finding approaches to that will be, I think the best solution. Uh, of course, if you have, uh, something else going on, either psychological or physical that is keeping you awake at night, then it's very important to get treatment for that. And if you have, uh, you know, chronic insomnia, then, you know, please, by all means do seek out some help. You know, if it's just once in a while, you don't need to worry too much about it. But if sleeplessness is chronic and it's occurring more than a few nights a week, every week, it definitely makes sense to get some help. Talk to your doctor, your therapist, maybe your clergy, and see if you can get to the bottom of what's going on, what it is that's keeping you awake. Because sleep is important. Our health depends on it. And our health is the most important thing, right? So I hope this has been helpful. And again, I'll say I'm not a... Uh, uh, a a healthcare professional. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist of any kind. And so um, take everything that I've said with a grain of salt and skepticism and do your own research and consult with professionals uh, before you adopt any major changes in your lifestyle or your, your consumption patterns and things like that. And with that, I'll say thanks for listening. 
That wraps up this episode of the More Better Faster podcast. And if you enjoy this kind of content, please come on over and join the Facebook group called More Better Faster, same title, and share your thoughts and comments in the group. Would very much welcome that. And um, we also do some Facebook Live, and I'm I'm now recording these episodes while going live on Facebook, so uh, people can sort of get that experience. But please do subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening tool. And um, I guess that's going to be it. I'll say thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you very soon. Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.